0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We've begun the study of the Tractate of Shabbat with some questions which seem to be circling around the parameters of what Shabbat is and what it means. So we began with moving objects inside and outside um, the private domain from the private to the public domain we talked about timing issues these were not issues specific to shabbat not sitting down to have a haircut or enter a bath or begin a court case near mincha time until one's dove the tefillah for mincha so boundaries of observance if you like and then we talked about things that we don't do near nightfall or we things that we don't do in case we come to transgress Shabbat as if we're circling around the boundary of what is permissible um, <clears throat> and what is near permissible and we're going to continue this theme today this circling around the core issues in the fourth mission of Shabbat which talks about an assembly in the attic of Hananiah ben Chizkiyahu ben Gurion, and the missioner explains, halachot ben ben Gurion levakro." These are the halachot which they recited or they stated in the in the attic of Hananiah ben Chizkiyahu ben Gurion when they went up to visit him. Nimnu. They took account, Uveit Shammai, Verabu Beit Shammai al Beit Hillel. And they took account, and Beit Shammai outnumbered Beit Hillel. And on that day, they enacted 18 measures. And we know generally the halaha follows Beit Hillel. So to be told that they took a vote. And they ruled according to Beit Shammai is is surprising to us. There are a limited number of halachot which go according to Beit Shammai. And they're carefully enumerated um, mostly in the Mishnah of Eduyot. These particular, these 18, are actually enumerated in the Gemara of Shabbat. But the Mishnah does not explain what they are. They mainly relate, by the way, to relationships with non-Jews. But this... But the idea that we rule according to Beit Shammai rather than Beit Hillel is a little bit of a shock if you're used to the the regular halacha that goes like Beit Hillel, and I cannot prevent myself from bringing you a tiny little a tiny little excerpt from the Jerusalem Talmud, the Yerushalmi, when it discusses this Mishnah. And the Jerusalem Talmud reads as follows. This day was hard for Israel like the day the calf was made. And it makes us think, of course, I mean, it might make us think about the making of the calf. But if we're talking about Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel, we might also think about the battle between the Leviim and the rest of of the people of Israel that took place after Moshe comes down from the mountain Moshe comes down and he tells the Levim to go out into the 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 mass of the people and to and to kill and to slaughter all those who were worshiping the calf it's a picture of civil quite literally civil war what the, the Gemara is referring to exactly, whether it's referring to the idolatry or to the civil war, we don't know. But the, the Talmud, the Yerushalmi, makes reference to the day the calf was made. And then it brings the following story. Tana Rabbi Yoshua Onaya. Rabbi Yoshua from Ono taught. Talmidei Beit Shammai Amdullahen Milamata, the students of the house of Shammai were standing downstairs remember this conference was happening up in the attic it was up in the attic that the voting was taking place but the students of Beit Shemai were standing downstairs and they were killing the students of the house of Hillel. Tane. It was taught. It was stated six of them went up and the rest were standing around them with swords and with lances. And this little vignette, this is a vignette in the Yerushalam which is hardly commented. As a reference in the Shulchan Aruch to a fast day on the 9th of Adar, maybe this happened on the 9th of Adar, maybe that fast relates to this event. But it it seems as though relationships between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, which were always generally described in the most cordial and constructive terms, it sounds as though relationships were not always that cordial and that constructive. And it's very interesting that the Mishnah, having mentioned these 18 halachot, which are not enumerated in any way in the Mishnah, then goes on to discuss a number of other halachot where Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel disagree, but where the halacha goes according to Beit Hillel. In other words, where the halacha goes according to the way we normally expect it. As if the Mishnah is trying to set the balance straight. And these are the two next Mishnayot which we're going to cover today. An dayovisamonive karashinim elakadeshi shorumi bodyon. Beit Shamay say that ink and dyes and vetches, remember vetches are these 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 um uh, root like foods that are edible to animals but not to humans. We can't soak them, unless they can be fully soaked while it is yet day. We're talking about erev Shabbat here. Beit Shammai saying that you can set a chemical process going on a Friday, but only if that chemical process is completed by the time Shabbat comes in. Uveit and Beit permits it, and on the same lines, Beit Shammai say. You can't put wet flax in an oven. This is to dry out, unless they can begin to steam while it is still day. You can't put a wool. You can't put wool into a dye's kettle. Until it can absorb such that the color is visible. Matirin and Hillel permit. And maybe we can see more clearly what's going on in the in the end of this Mishnah, they say, chayav You don't we don't set traps for wild beasts and fowl and fish. Unless they can be caught while it's still day. If we're gonna put a trap out. A trap is not working, I mean, we're not carrying out work when that trap is operating. The trap is just, is sitting there waiting to catch the animals after we put it out. We can't put out that trap on a Friday unless it's going to, unless it's going to, unless the animals are going to be caught while it's still day. And the Mishnah concludes, Uveit Hillel, Matirin, and Beit Hillel permits it. These are all examples of processes which we might set off before Shabbat begins, and Beit Hillel is going to allow this process to carry on running through Shabbat. It's a bit like putting a stew on your cooktop before Shabbat begins and letting that cooking process run on and then eating it for lunch the next day, or perhaps. Um, I don't know we might set a time clock for example before Shabbat and allow that time clock to work away and to turn on a light the next day and Beit Hillel would permit these activities but Beit Shammai and by the way that perhaps the Essenes down in Qumran would not permit it and there seems to be a, an argument about whether when the verse says when the verse says you work for six days and you do all your work. Does that mean the Yom Shabbat LaShem Elohecha and the seventh day is a Shabbat? Does that mean that we stop work on the seventh day? Or does it mean that our vessels and our processes and all the apparatus that we have in our house also stops work on the seventh day? Does all work stop on the seventh day or do we just stop working on the seventh day? That is the difference between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai. And we Paschal according to Beit Hillel, perhaps in a pushback to the statement that in these 18 other areas we agree the Halakha according to Beit Shammai. And we're going to find out a little bit about more about this as we learn the Mishnayot at the end of the chapter.